Hey everybody, when you hear that music, you know it is time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball. And wow, this is a special, unique show today because we actually have baseball to talk about. Yeah, can you believe it? They finally got off the dime on the COVID season of 2020. And uh, pretty interesting, there is not any undefeated team. I figured the Pirates would get swept by the Cardinals. I figured the uh, Tigers would get swept, but uh, wasn't to be. So as of today, the uh, Giants and the Dodgers split. Cubs took two out of three from those nasty brew crew, wanted to mix it up. I thought there was going to be a kumbaya from the uh, coronavirus uh, get-together, but nope, Uh, a little bit uh, testy out there on Saturday at Wrigley Field because... uh, Without any crowd noise and without any fans in the stand, you can hear what these guys are saying. And uh, Wilson Cone Threros took a little bit of exception to some of the things that were coming out of the dugout and from behind the plate. The uh, catcher for the Brewers is a feisty little dude. The Padres, my good buddy out in California, should be happy. They should be undefeated. Their big closer blew the save and lost the game. So there you go. So, I mean, it was uh, not exciting. Uh, not having a fan in the stand is not good. Although I noticed a few people hanging out at Wrigley in the field, and they must have been employees that got tired of being inside and came out and watched a few innings. No beer to buy, couldn't eat any peanuts, just kind of sitting out there, uh, minding their own business. But I wondered, how'd they get in the ballpark if they weren't employees? And then at Wrigley, you had the uh, uh, folks out there in the um, uh, bleachers across the street. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I bet you those tickets were cheap. And uh, the Cubby Bear looked pretty crowded, and the Slugger's Bar looked pretty crowded, and Murphy's uh, not so crowded. Now the city of Chicago has uh, put some new restrictions in place because the uh, COVID is not going away. But uh, we really don't need to cover that because we got baseball to talk about. So did anybody out there really enjoy uh, the games? I think uh, my buddy out in... Palma Valley, California did. Uh, he was excited to have live baseball that meant something. I was pretty happy. Chatwood pitched a good game for the Cubs. Hendricks pitched a gem midseason form. He and DeGrom, holy cow, DeGrom was masterful. Scherzer, not so much. And uh, unbelievable. Who could have predicted that a bunch of the Miami Marlins would have gotten uh, sick? I mean, really? They, they're in Miami training. They get on an airplane, they fly to uh, uh, wherever it was they flew to to play and uh, win two out of three. Then they uh, get in a bus, they stay in a hotel, and oh, by the way, half their team is out. Now, if you'll recall back in March, Major League Baseball ended spring training, cut off spring training, cut off the season, and said, eh, you know what, somebody in the NBA got sick, so we're cutting out spring training. So now... Fast forward a couple months and a couple billion dollars, and all of a sudden it's like, ho-hum, so those guys got uh, sick, big deal. We've got procedures in place that will protect us. Well, there's a lot of different things going on that aren't good. Number one, the testing is delayed. Although faster than what normal you and me would get, the testing's a little slow. So... Uh, that's a problem. Number two, if the player doesn't feel good, he doesn't come in. He calls in and says, uh, you know, it's like 
When you were uh, home from school, your mom would call in, eh, little Johnny's not feeling so good today. He won't be at school. That's what they do. They call the trainer and go, got a headache, don't feel so good. So rather than take a chance, which is good, conservative treatment, they just don't come in. And that creates a bit of a hole in the roster or the starting lineup, as the case would be. So that's happening. Number two, you're getting, as I predicted, some guys that are getting injured going on the DL, and they're getting paid. You can forget those guys. Gone. Then you've got some of the pitchers that are having problems. Uh, Kluber left the game in the first inning. Uh, Verlander, not good. He's out for a couple weeks, but uh, he claims that the reports that he was done for the year were uh, exaggerated and premature. Strasburg got scratched. It's not good. Now, I know my sometimes co-host, Craig Kashan will have something different to say about that in a couple of days when we podcast for our weekly or bi-weekly podcast. He's actually busy now. He's doing the Bucks. He's doing the Brewers. The uh, Cubs, you know, Cubs, everybody hit but Bryant and, uh, and, and Rizzo, although Rizzo did hit a couple home runs. So uh, this Nico, 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 he's not too bad. I'm kind of liking Horner. Uh, Baez continues to swing for the fences. And as Dwayne Stats and I talked the other day, the game has gotten to strikeouts and homers. And if you happen to just get unlucky and don't hit the bottom of the ball, you might get a double. Schwarber's pretty much on track. He's hitting the ball pretty good. But, um, man, oh, man, it's a strange, strange world, and they've only got 57 more games. So that makes the Cubs' magic number, I think, is right around 50. Yeah. The Cardinals... Finally, they didn't. They didn't uh, sweep. The Reds didn't sweep. The Pirates got a victory over the uh, Cardinals, and now the Brew Crew goes into Pittsburgh. That's a joke. And the uh, the Reds entertain the Cubs. That's going to be kind of an interesting series. We'll know by the weekend if the Cubs are for real. Lester's going tonight. Maybe Alec Mills tomorrow. I haven't checked. And then we'll get back to uh, Kyle Hendrick, who. Boy, did he pitch a good game, and boy, he didn't have Joe Madden looking over his shoulder uh, to see when he was going to get taken out in the fifth inning or sixth inning. Good job, Kyle. You did a fine job. We're going to let the bullpen earn their money. No, Rossi left him in. And uh, so it's a combination of two things, in my opinion. One, uh, I love Madden, but uh, boy, did he not handle the pitching staff very well. And number two, no uh Batting for the pitcher. So the, as the DH is rocking along, so is the pitcher. And so uh, there's no having to hit for the pitcher. There's no double switch. And Hendricks just kept going strike, strike. Now, it was about 95 degrees in Chicago, and Rossi made his first official trip to the mound. Hey, how about that? First official trip goes out and uh, basically asks Hendricks how he's doing because of I don't know if they monitored their heart rate. I mean, he, he said his heart rate was getting elevated, and uh, that was a concern given the heat. And I think Rossi went out there just to uh, settle him down, and I think if he had taken him out, he would have had to go toe-to-toe with, with uh, Riz. Because uh, Rizzo, the, speaking of Rizzo, man, if you, if you didn't see this on MLB, Quick Pitch, starring Heidi Watney, or during the game live, this was great, great. COVID coverage. So um, the only guy that got a hit off of Hendricks was um, oh, 
Arcia, the shortstop, I believe. He got three hits off Hendricks. Nobody else reached base. The next day, everybody in the lineup got a hit except him. But anyway, I digressed. When he got a single off of uh, Hendricks, it must have been the third inning, he goes over to first base, and Bryant kind of has this devilish grin on his face. Not Bryant, Rizzo. And Riz takes out a little small bottle of Purell and uh, offers it to uh, the base runner for the Brewers, of which he took it, and uh, they were uh, socially distancing. Not really. How can how can that first baseman socially distance from a guy who just gets a walk or a hit? Can't happen. Anyway, uh, not too many arguments, not too many replays. I watched uh, the Cubs games when I could stand it. Uh, they need to work on fundamentals. They blew at least two rundowns this weekend, and that cost them a game on Saturday. I think Darvish wasn't too sharp. But anyway, that's opening weekend. I'm going to cover it in more detail with Craig Kishan. He'll probably be trying to figure out you know, what's going on with the uh, um, – Brew Crew. Now, Craig is working these three days, so he won't be able to podcast, but maybe Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Who knows? But at any rate, I thought I would entertain for a few minutes before I introduce from our archives. Yeah, the lighter side of baseball has archives. And so we had, a couple of weeks ago, archived a podcast with the legendary, should be in the Hall of Fame broadcaster and one of my favorites, Dwayne Stats. We finally pulled that baby out of archives and we're going to play it today. And I just wanted to give Dwayne a little bit of uh, an introduction, and I do again when we get to the podcast. But now this was before... uh, you know, the games were played. It was at the end of June, and so they hadn't started summer camp yet. They were trying to figure out the procedures. They were trying to figure out how they were going to handle this. And so Dwayne and I did a another podcast about a month later. And so this one was an early podcast, so it may sound like, uh, you know, it's antiquated. It's from June instead of July. But Dwayne, who always has funny opinions and is just a great guy, uh, was just talking about some of the things that were going on, some of the things he didn't know how it was going to work out. He knew they were going to be broadcasting away games from the TROP without any air conditioning, so that was kind of funny. He didn't know his wardrobe, and he was uh, talking about the production meeting, which he then addressed a month later and didn't really have a lot of kind things to say about that. But Dwayne Stats is is at the top of his game. I asked him in the last podcast, what does a guy like Dwayne Stats do to get ready for the season once he knows that it's going to take place? I said, like, you know, do you have, like, vocal training, vocal practice, like batting practice, but you warm up with a put, a, put an old game on and, and give it the old play-by-play? He kind of laughed at me like that was the dumbest thing he'd ever heard anybody ask, which probably was. But nonetheless, I listened to some of Dwayne's highlights this week. He... The, the uh, Rays came back from a f- and scored four runs in the bottom of the ninth, I believe, to uh, win that game over the, uh, might have been the Blue Jays. Man, I, you know, if I have a podcast, I don't know who's playing who. My other monitor's down. It's just not on. It's not broken. Don't anybody send relief money uh, because they feel sorry for me because my monitor's off, but I just haven't turned it on because I was... Just kind of ad-libbing about the week that started the season. The Oh, I know what I wanted to talk about. Opening night, which they billed for three weeks. 
was, you know, partially hampered by the fact that there were no people in the ballpark for the um, game with the, let's see, the Yankees and the uh, Nationals. And the, I think it was the, uh, must have been ESPN, could have been MLB Network, but it was with A-Rod and Matt first, whatever his name is. And uh, Buster only. Look, A-Rod's smart. He has a lot of good things to say. But, it's a big but, they're horrible. That's a horrible broadcast. Now, they weren't at the ballpark. They were sitting in the studio. might not have even been the same studio. They just have a stream of consciousness, open mic discussion, sometimes relevant, sometimes not. They don't, they don't broadcast the baseball game. For some reason, and it's ESPN, that's who it was. For some reason, ESPN has come to the production conclusion that we really don't want to talk about the baseball game. You can see it on TV. So we're just going to talk about whatever A-Rod wants to compliment. I mean, A-Rod is the most complimentary guy in the world. And you kind of wonder, like, is he not criticizing anybody because of the past deeds that he has admitted to? I don't know, um, but man, oh man, he kisses everybody's butt. So, terrible broadcast. They did a little better with Sutcliffe and the guy that he called, I don't know, what did he call him, Boo? or I can't remember what he calls him. And then they had, um, you know, another Hall of Famer in the booth with Sutcliffe, and uh, I can't remember who it was, I'll think of it, but he was pretty pathetic. So, um, you know, you got to listen to the local. Buy For 59 bucks. you can buy MLB TV, get every out-of-market game front on the uh, uh, MLB.com. Goodbye. 59 bucks. That, again, by my calculation, and I'll go over my calculating errors in a minute that I have for the season, but $59 or whatever is like a dollar a day for baseball. And you get six free days because it's 66 days season, even though they only play 60 days, six off game, three a month. So there's a deal. Uh, get it. Then you don't have to listen to ESPN. You don't have to listen to the uh, Fox broadcast. I mean, God, they're, occasionally they're okay. Turn on turn on the TV and then and, and get uh, onto uh, WTMJ or whatever in Milwaukee and listen to Bob Euchre if you want to hear a good broadcaster Dwayne Stats and the good Brian Anderson down in uh, in Florida. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to bag on too many people today. It's just too nice a day. I mean, it's a day when the Cubs are in first place, 2-1 and one in their division, tied with a couple other teams. But, uh, you know, who cares? So back to uh, Dwayne. In a few minutes, uh, that podcast will come on. And I know my production staff, Tyler, will make it seem seamless, but uh, you'll hear this little intro, then you'll hear the podcast that seemed to be maybe a bit old because we took it out of our archives. Now, in addition to our archives, and we could pull up any of our 100-plus podcasts that we've done, and they're all incredibly entertaining, but in addition, you can hear us on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, my Facebook page, and the audience is growing by leaps and bounds. We are over or right at or near uh, the thousand mark, which is pretty good. I mean, if you total up everybody that's listened to the podcast, we probably have 2,000. <laughs> so, 
And how long do you listen? Now, do you listen to the whole thing, or do you just listen to the first break to get that good music? I don't know. Listen to the whole thing, because soon, Papa Kino's will be opening up in southern Overland Park, Kansas, on Metcalf, and we're going to be broadcasting live from Papa Kino's, and that will be good. And Papa Kino's meets Mr. Euro. It's going to be quite a reunion union. You're going to be able to get uh, great food, and uh, I know be able to watch some ball games. Wear your mask right now. Everybody's masking up. No big deal. I got a Cubs mask. It's great. Might have to get a Royals mask. Some of the guys on the major league team, coaches have pretty cool masks. You know, it's great. You can go to the grocery store, and if you're afraid of running into a neighbor that may talk a little too long, they won't know who you are. It's great. Put sunglasses on, a baseball cap, and your mask, you're good to go. You are anonymous. So... Having said all that, we're going to pause, and then we're going to turn it over to Tyler, our production staff manager for On the Lighter Side of Baseball production team, and uh, he'll crank in the June, not July, June podcast with Dwayne Stats. And let me tell you, anytime you can listen to Dwayne, it's a benefit. And for the most part, I try to shut up and let Dwayne talk about anything he wants to talk about, and uh, it's always good. Uh, from from anything. Oh, I know what I was going to say. So back to the ESPN. They're talking about, and this is no joke, A-Rod and Matt V are talking about the sunset in Chicago that you could see on the camera. These guys aren't even in Chicago. And, and so the camera showed through the circular little facade um, down the third baseline, looking west, and the Chicago sunset. They're talking about the sunset. And all of a sudden, Rizzo drops to a knee, rips a ball to right field. They don't even say anything about it until somebody pipes in, has that got a chance? And then it was gone. Well, the worst home run broadcasts in the history of baseball. Dig it out. If you get MLB for $59, and they are not a sponsor, but if you get that, it might be $57, you can, arc, you can get archives just like on the lighter side of baseball. If you email me or text me, and those of you who can will, I'll pull out any old uh, podcast and play it for you because they're all great. They are all prophetic, not pathetic, prophetic. Because on the letter side of baseball, we are pretty close to predicting everything that happens in the world of baseball. Almost everything that happens. And so, here we are. The White Sox are laying an egg. Uh, the Yankees aren't dominating. The Dodgers split with the Giants. And oh my gosh, the three teams that were the worst in baseball last year are in first place now after three games. Rejoice. Rejoice. The, uh, that would be the Marlins. That would be the Orioles, and that would be uh, a third team. <laughs> I can't clue. Hey, I got, how come the Rangers get an all-blue uniform and the Royals don't? You know, the Royals back in the 80s had blue uniforms, and they were awesome. Then, you know, when everybody started going to the throwback, the Royals had a baby blue top, but the league wouldn't wear, let them wear the blue pants, and maybe it's because the Rangers had dips on it. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's like guys having dibs on the Washington football team uh, naming rights. I mean, is that stupid or what? They can't come up with a name for the team, 
because <laughs> somebody that was funny. Somebody said that they were going to. No, I'm not going to go there. But anyway, it's some fun was had with the naming rights. But I won't. I won't get in there, and I won't laugh about it. But uh, right now, it's the Washington football team. So you know, we could have the Chicago baseball team, but that might be confusing because there are two. So what do you do with that? The Chicago baseball team Southside, and the Chicago baseball team Northside. Or do you call them the Cubs and the Sox? Let's go with that. Okay, we're we're kind of digressing beyond belief, but that's the way it is on the lighter side of baseball. And you'll note I have not said on the lighter side of sports the whole time we've gone. So I'm looking forward to the game tonight between the Cincinnati Reds and the Chicago Cubs. The Royals suck. I mean, God, they they had Brady Singer pitch their the kid looks 12. I think he just pitched a couple of days ago in Little League, and the Royals called him up, and he pitched five good innings. Should have gotten the win. But he uh, he wandered a bit in the fifth. He's going to be good. Other than that, you can kiss the season goodbye. Uh, you know, I kind of like Matheny, I think. He threw a few. You know, I could tell why it didn't really go well-received in St. Louis after a while. It took him two games, maybe three, before he started throwing guys under the bus, talking about how pathetic their hitting is. And I got to agree. Uh, not much better were the Cubs, although they started to come around. Uh, Craig Council's going to get burned this year. He's going to get burned. You heard it here first on the lighter side of baseball. This guy has no starting pitching. He has no discipline to leave a starter in. He is like got an opener, a middler, an ender, and uh, let me tell you, none of them seem very good. And uh, he's going to make more trips to the bullpen uh, than I make to the concession stand during a normal year, and I make a lot of trips to the concession stand. So for uh, the game tomorrow, uh, which I don't think I'll watch, my next game that I'm going to watch at home I'm going to have a a, a major league meal. I'm going to have nachos, I'm going to have a hot dog, and I'm going to have a cold adult beverage. Yep, those are the things I'm thinking about. Now, back to Dwayne. And I know that the excitement's building for the podcast with Dwayne Stats, because it should. He is soon to be, in my opinion, Hall of Fame broadcaster and all-around great guy. So... He doesn't listen to these podcasts other than when he's listening to me ask him questions, so I can say whatever I want about him. But I do think, as I've told him, he's great. One of the best. Anyway, that's it. We're going to pause. We're going to hear some awesome music, and then we're going to get to the podcast with uh, Dwayne Stats. So thanks for listening on Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud. You all are great. You continue to recommend this podcast podcast to your friends. I appreciate it. And wait till I buy pizza at Papakino's. That should be a big deal. If you can tell me any of the hundred podcasts, what we talked about, you get a free slice of pizza. Yep. That's going to be great at Papakino's and the pizza is as big as one's face. Now I said one's face because some people have bigger faces than the pizza, but not at Papakino's. They're all big. They're all good. And I haven't even talked about the grinder, the appetizers, or the dessert. We'll get to that when we broadcast live from Papa Kino's with Chris, the owner, the number one franchisee in the history of Papa Kino's, and they haven't even opened the door. So that's it. 
We will get back to you in a few minutes, and thanks for listening. Everybody, when you hear that music, you know that it's time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball. And believe it or not, after four months of talking about baseball without any baseball, we are ready to roll with the rested and the greatest voice I know, Mr. Dwayne Stats. How are you doing, man? A lot of pressure now with that intro from you, you know. Well, I thrive on introducing you because you, you know, not only are you a good friend of mine, but, but, uh, even if I didn't know you, I think you were one of the all-time greats. I'm definitely on my Vince Scully list, Bob Euchre and wow. Dwayne Stats, man. Oh, bless your heart. You know, you're, uh, you could be destroying your credibility, you know. So. <laughs> you know, if I had any, it would probably be boosted by this. But uh, I'm excited to talk to you again. It's been a while. How have you guys been doing? Uh, we're doing well. Um, you know, it's, it's, as we all know, it's been a strange time. And for a while you're thinking, okay, this will be fine. And, um, and you find yourself going along and a little later getting a little antsy and ready to go and seeing now how this is going to unfold. You know, some, some markets are talking about trying to have fans. Other markets are not, um, still trying to figure out all the logistics of, how uh, telecast will work. We're, we have a meeting scheduled for uh, a couple of days from now to figure that out when, uh, you know, our mere mortals will talk with our, uh, our leaders and the uh, management side of things, and they'll let us know uh, how they figured all this out. Well, for uh, selfish reasons, I hope that, uh, I don't know how in the world they do it at Wrigley. You know, Chicago's not exactly... Uh, a haven for for healthy people but um you know i i did notice that the uh, wisconsin woodchucks in the north woods league are starting up july 1st and i just might have to go to opening day up there i mean i'm excited (laughs) to see woodchuck baseball (laughs) yeah well and you're uh you're you're now uh exclusive uh where you are on the lake and uh you know all uh all sequestered yeah, exactly, and only two hours from the Woodchuck uh, uh, ballpark. So uh, when it's Dollar Hot Dog Night, I plan to be there because I'm I'm dying for some junk food at the ballparks. But uh, you know, I think it's it's certainly. A, I know you followed it. I followed it in terms of the uh, negotiations that have been bungled on both sides. So hopefully, fingers crossed, with the Players Association now reviewing the schedule. They won't do something stupid and, and screw up the uh, the schedule that at least we think they're going to have. Yeah, I hope so. You know, the optics of this were not good, uh, considering uh, where we've all been with this thing. Um, if we have a chance to get baseball underway and get it going, I, I think I think we all need that for lots of reasons. And, um, you know, unfortunately – uh, negotiations are what they are. Uh, I think we uh, we all, in a way, revert to our childhood in those days of innocence, you know, where you're hoping that 
it's really a game and we're going to have fun playing it. And we uh, realize that it's more than that. And that's sometimes disappointing, but I hope that, uh, you know, that some of that, uh, some of that innocence will prevail and we'll have some games and have some fun doing it and provide a distraction from what has been uh, a challenging time. Yeah, it really, it really uh, went from bad to worse, I think with, uh, you know, the, situation not only with the coronavirus coronavirus and COVID-19 but then you've got the protesting and you've got the you know it's kind of the uh, confluence of everything bad including the uh, upcoming four months of campaigning which is going to be dreadful but not quite as bad as (laughs) as the rest of the stuff so one can only hope and the way I calculate it it's like a third of the season so I mean even a guy that doesn't know much math can figure out that if Bryce Harper was going to get $30 million for playing the whole year, you know, he'll have to suffer with $10 million and so on and so forth. So, you know, the guys that aren't making minimum salary are going to make a pretty good living. And the way I calculated the Cy Young award winner is going to win seven games. (laughs) There you go. Exactly. Get hot, stay hot and, uh, and ride that early uh, trend. Yeah. Uh, Going to be interesting, you know, I, I mean, everything, as you know, uh, and I think all our baseball fans know that, you know, uh, baseball, I, I've always considered it a process more than an event. And, um, and we're going to, with this 60-game uh, schedule, it's going to tend to be more of an event with a greater uh, sense of urgency than we've seen in the past. Yeah, and that yeah. might not be a bad thing, you know, for a, a short period of time. I think it'll be uh, it'll be interesting because you're going to want to get out of the blocks. I'm figuring 35 and 25 wins a division, and if you get swept in your first series, you're in you're in uh, bad shape. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Oh, you know, and it's, what's really going to be interesting, I think, from um, from a management point of view, you know, how do you handle your pitchers? Right. You know, hitters hitters are going to get there. They're going to get there, and they're going to swing the bats and you know, you'll have some injuries here and there. But the sense of urgency is going to be so great. How do you handle your pitchers without harming them? Right. And that's going to be the issue. Yeah, and, you know, I'm not sure never having pitched anywhere other than giving up back-to-back grand slams in Little League, which is not easy to do. (laughs) When you walk the bases loaded, give up a homer, the coach leaves you in, you walk another bases loaded with the situation on the line, and you're hoping you can get an out and I give up back-to-back grand slams. That's not yeah, easy to because do. Because you, you have snow cones on the line then. You, you do. And then, you know, the home run special, hot dog and a Coke, I think, uh, not only for the winning team but the home run guys. The, um, the egos of pitchers being what it is, seems to me that one thing they could do is, is eliminate the number of inning requirement to get a win. Mm-hmm. and let the official score decide or do it by, you know, what I would call rational thinking, and that is the guy that's ahead whenever he goes out, if they hold the lead, he gets the win. If not, he doesn't. Um, that would help, I think. But, you know, maybe nobody cares but me about that particular well, stat. You know, and I think – here's what I think. If, if you have a starting pitcher in and each game is worth more – by definition, now because of 60 games instead of 162. So are you, are you going to change pitchers 
faster? Are you going to use more pitchers? If you have a starting pitcher and he's thrown a couple of innings and he's in trouble, one out into the third, are you going to pull him? How long do you do that? And then what kind of what kind of buildup do you get in terms of if you do that, when can you bring that guy back? All of those issues have to factor into that, and, and health is going to be an overriding yeah. concern uh, juxtaposed against the urgency of holding a lead and winning a game in a 60-game season. Yeah, I agree. And with the, you know, starting out with a 30-man roster and the complaint being the speed of the game, I mean, it could really be – it could really get bogged down. Um, you know, you figure up very rare nowadays do pitchers pitch 200 innings. So divide that by three. You know, dividing – they've made it easy for me to just divide everything by three. 65 innings is going to be a pretty – strong mark now because it's shorter are we going to see these guys stretching out to more innings in a shorter period of time and then what's the agent saying about the residual damage to your arm Uh, it's just going to be a lot of cool issues i think yeah i mean how soon are you going to let a guy be stretched out yeah because of the late start you know uh, here we go okay three innings or three weeks of training camp or whatever so does a guy go three innings? Does he go four? Can he go five? Are you going to push it beyond five? Right. Those are going to be some serious issues to consider, you know, on a certainly on an individual basis, but I think just as a class of pitchers, how many innings and how many pitches thrown are you going to allow in a single out? Right. And how – you know, how pissed are they all going to be as a result of what they perceive these negotiations were so that instead of throwing, pitching through some soreness in your shoulder, you go, eh, you know, I'm done, pay me, I'm on the DL. So, yeah. once, you know, when you get on the DL, you get get your money, with, whether you don't play, whether you play or not. Um, it's going to be really interesting. And then, as you say, what's going to happen if guys start testing positive to COVID-19? Yeah. I don't know. I- that's a that's a major issue. Let's keep our fingers crossed and hope that we can uh, get through these sixty games uh, unscathed and uh, as few physical issues as possible. Yeah, put it all behind us and uh, and uh, you know <laughs> let's go. Let's uh, let's let's well, knock this stuff out. Without being overly pessimistic, I'm a little nervous about the twenty twenty one. Uh, agreement between the uh, union and the uh, management. You know, I'm sure that's gonna that's gonna be ugly. These guys, the 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 big boys, have become more outspoken and more powerful on this executive committee of the players' associations. You got Scherzer who just won't shut up, and Verlander and uh, Arenado and Harper and all these guys. Even Trout's kind of trying to be controversial, although I don't think he it's in his it's in his blood but what are you hearing Dwayne about uh games in spring training are they gonna what are they gonna do have you heard anything um nothing beyond the you know the rumor stage at this point uh we did have uh I I popped in on a little uh gathering with uh Kevin Cash the other day and uh, and Eric Neander uh, they, frankly, uh, they've held workouts. Uh, they've, done, they've done what they can do. And they're kind of in the same boat that you and I are in today. 
as they go forward, just trying to figure out the limitations and the parameters of, of what they're going to work with. And, and I think it's a, right now, it's, they obviously love to play some games. Here's the thing, you know, you're going to have 60 guys available. Now, in that conversation we had the other day, they talked about having workouts here at Tropicana Field and maybe using Port Charlotte as well. But at the moment when we had this thing pop up again, um, you know, they were, uh, they were closing out the idea that you could use spring training sites, particularly in, you know, in the areas here in Florida where, and Arizona too, where for a long time they thought, wow, they might go ahead and play. You know, the, the Blue Jays having issues right. uh, of people getting into Canada. And now if, if they would close down their training site in Dunedin, they're talking about maybe playing games in Buffalo. So wow. who knows? you know, where all of that's going to land. And the idea that in training camp, you need to play some, you know, you'd like to play some games there. And I think, again, we're going to be at the mercy of, uh, of the health situation here and, uh, and, and the threat of this thing. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, I guess the uh, Western divisions won't be playing the East. So you don't have the problem of, you know, New York and New Jersey quarantining anybody that's been to the state of Washington. So that that's kind of uh, off the table. But, you know, I thought one way the owners could have gone and nobody would have liked it would be to say, look, you know, we've analyzed all this and we don't think it's safe to play. And so, you know, if they had done that a month or two ago, they'd have probably saved face. But with the NBA and with the NHL and with pro football, I think Manfred and company had to had to put something on the field. And as we've said before, that, that playoff TV money is, uh, you know, they just can't get enough of it. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely it. And, and I really think, um, you know, the optics of, of the labor thing back and forth were not good. And, and I really think they were in danger of, uh, of harming in the, in the mind's eye of everybody in the public. Yeah. To really harm the game and unless they decided to make some progress, which which they did. But I, I think they were in danger of, of really harming the game. And I, I don't know if we talked about this before, but, uh, uh, you know, I, they would have been – if they had continued the sniping back and forth, people were tired of that. They People have been through enough. Yeah. And what they see – what the value in this game is that it's every day and, and it's a release to, uh, you know, to get away from all of those problems. And if you're just going to present more problems, then people don't need that. They'll turn away. So that, right. and I, I think both sides have to be mindful of that. And I hope that these, I hope owners realize that. I hope that uh, the negotiators and I hope the players uh, recognize that. And I, I really think the rank and file do, but, but you know, the mentality when you get into a group negotiation situation, uh, whether you're making the minimum or whether you're making more money than anybody can count, the idea is to stick together and they've shown all the signs of doing that. Right. They've been successful for that reason, but, but the overall health of the game and the perception uh, of the fan out there, I think has to be taken 
into consideration as something very serious, because otherwise they're going to find themselves way down on the totem pole of public interest. Yeah, I think they, they both the uh, the Players Association and and Major League Baseball really really missed a an opportunity to put everything on a uh, much higher plane and say, look, this is a once in a lifetime deal. In a year, we've got the negotiations for a new agreement. Uh, so let's not act like it's a collective bargaining nightmare, like, you know, Bowie Kuhn and, and uh, Marvin Miller. I mean, I was having flashbacks of, of those <laughs> days where nobody wanted to give in, let yeah. the court decide, screw you guys. And then, you know, you, you flash back to Bud Selig, where's Buddy? You know, he and, he and uh, Fear had a good thing going, and they were smart enough to realize, look, we're all making a lot of money. Let's get on down the road. And then in the middle of all this, TBS pays uh, the uh, uh, Major League Baseball a billion dollars, which was hysterical. And, and then you got the Nike uniform deal, which is pretty funny. And it's like, okay, guys, you know, we're all looking greedy instead of all looking thankful that we can do a do something pretty much fun for a limited period of time and all make a lot of money and get on down the road. Yeah, fun and useful, you know, and and but let's let's not let uh, the actual value of what we're doing here get in the way of the money. I yeah. mean, the money's got to be the big thing and that's that's the bad optic. I mean, everybody wants money and you got to have it to live to a certain point. No question, but I, I, there has to be some sense of perspective. And I mean, maybe maybe I'm just an old guy who's going well, these kids today, but um, at some point, don't we have to have some perspective about all of this right. and, be, and, and be human about it? And, and to me, they're not. Yeah, they've shown solidarity. But again, it's like intramural sports. It's not, this isn't the big, the big deal. This isn't the, let's increase the luxury tax. Let's have, you know, a bigger roster. Let's do away with umpires. You know, this is just a band-aid approach, and they just they just acted ridiculous on both sides. And social media, I think, has something to do with that. I think, you know, my God, rule number one, don't negotiate on TV. I mean, it was just a <laughs> major blunder, and, and Manfred should know better than that. And then, you know, you got Boris, and, and it just was a, a cluster. So hopefully – They'll resolve everything. They'll approve the schedule, and uh, we can get you back to work, man. Uh, yeah, I, that's important to get back to work. I'm sure Carla <laughs> would like you to get back to work. And what the, what exciting things besides watching clouds and birds? And uh, you know, have you uh, have you done anything exciting or run into any celebrities on the beach anymore? Oh no, I mean we've uh, you know continued to take our walks there. We uh, really the coolest thing we did, I think, is we uh, we jumped in our jeep and uh, went up to uh, tennessee to retrieve our horse he'd been up there for a while where carla had uh, done some work you know with her uh, uh, equine therapy and um, we thought it was time to get him a little closer to home and we stopped off with some folks in uh, georgia spent a little time there with uh, nice. their horses and then brought him down here and so uh, yeah, Carla's had enough of me. She's across, well, not exactly across the state, but she's a couple hours away in Lake Wales and, and has spending the week there uh, doing primarily uh, uh, 
like a refresher course and the whole equine therapy thing and, uh, you know, better ways to uh, handle your horses and all those things. So she's there and, and um, you know, I've been here um, all alone, just uh, anxiously awaiting this time I'm spending with you. Yeah, well, I tell you what, I, I'm right back at you. I think the, uh, the, the public and all the uh, thousands and thousands of listeners look forward to uh, look forward to hearing somebody talk a little bit about baseball. What, uh, yeah, let's look at the top three pitchers. Who's coming out of the box for the, uh, for the Rays on uh, that opening series? Well, I, you know, it, Charlie Morton is, is the guy. Yeah. And, and behind him, uh, Glass now and um, uh, Snell, well, those will be the guys. And, you know, behind them, uh, when the season started, interestingly enough, you know, the Rays come up with something new every year. Right. So they, they came up with the opener and, you know, they'd use two or three starters and then run a couple openers in there. And when, the, uh, when there was a, an idea that we could play a full season, they were actually noncommittal about that and thinking, we'll use those three guys, but Yarbrough uh, and Chirinos, those two guys, a lefty and a righty, have shown enough where they're thinking – well, maybe those guys should be starters too, and they could go back to a five-man deal. Oh so my God! What would baseball do with a real? Oh yeah, a, but but they'd think of something else that was different, you know, and out out in front to uh, to do. So we'll see. Uh, the one thing they have, and we talked about the urgency of of getting a lead, holding a lead in this sixty-game season. There's there's enough depth in this organization, you know. They're they're going to start with 30 guys and then eventually get it down to 26. But, and they'll have 60 guys essentially sort of available in one sense or another. Right. And there is some depth in, in, this, uh, in this organization uh, as much as I've ever seen. Yeah. And I think they feel very good about that. There's, and they've also created depth through versatility with different position guys and all of that and really on the pitching staff as well. They think the bullpen is deep, um, and and they're they're pretty uh, imaginative uh, about how they handle that and work matchups. So it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they go with those three guys, or and what they do with the other two guys. Yeah, and they well, haven't made any determination on that. And I think the schedule is going to kind of be interesting. Are they going to have really have double headers where? you know, they're scheduled doubleheaders or scheduled day-night doubleheaders. And if so, you know, that's going to stretch your pitching staff a little. I, I think that, um, you know, the new managers like David Ross of the world, are they going to be disadvantaged by, you know, this is like now you're in the dog days of summer and you haven't started yet. Uh, what happened to the All-Star break and the Home Run Derby? And here we go to the uh, trade deadline now, September 15th. I don't know. I think it's going to be fun. Just from a, a fan standpoint, you know, if they really do the extra inning deal where you start a guy out at second base and, uh, you know, who's going to want to come in and give up a single and get a loss? Yeah, it appears uh, that they're going to do that. Uh, you know, there are some other things that are still unsettled, but um, I, I mean – you know, even in a – this is great. You know, one of the great things about the game, there's so many variables in baseball. Right. And that's one of the things that just fuels the conversation 
for fans and everybody and for broadcasters and all that. And so you think, okay, now you're going to do 60 games. Well, there are even more variables now because it's a whole new set of circumstances and there's really more to talk about. And that's one of the great things that just continues to carry this game. If we let all the other things get out of the way, there's plenty of things to talk about and, and we'll be talking about them. You know, let's, let's hope in three or four weeks we'll have games and, and we'll have a lot to talk about. What do you think about the DH in the National League? Will they ever go back to not having a DH, or do you think this is going to be something that sticks now forever? I, I have a feeling that there's going to be a big push to keep it. I um, think so, too. You know, they've said, well, we're going to keep it here. It's 60 games and all of this. But I, I, I really think that once you introduce something like that, and uh, it's there. I, I think. I think it's. While they're not saying a lot about it, it's just my own hunch that I think it's. It's got a good chance to be there. What but are they? I. I could argue. I could argue against it being there myself. Uh, maybe more emotional than anything because I just. You know, we all grew up with uh, with a, a game that didn't have it, and all of a sudden, you know, it had it. One league had it, the other one didn't, and all that, which was fine with me. I'm, I, I don't know that we have to have uniformity in both leagues, but I just, I think once you put it in, I, I think it's going to be difficult to take it away. Yeah, I would just, I would have preferred to eliminate the DH in both leagues and expand the roster to make the union happy. But um, I think you're right. I think it's it's going to be here to stay. It's going to be hard to put the toothpaste back in the proverbial tube. And then I don't know if they've addressed that issue for the World Series. Are they going to stick with the DH for the when the National League is at home, uh, or are they going to go back to you know since it's since they couldn't sell the expanded playoffs, are they going to are they going to go back? I, I would imagine they're going to stick with the DH in the World Series for both teams. But Yeah, I would guess that as <laughs> well, uh, just to keep it all consistent. Yeah. Well, I think the Astros have enjoyed the four months off. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the whoever's uh, on the DL getting Tommy John surgery is getting full pay. So they're probably, whoever that is, is pretty happy. I played uh, – I played golf with a fellow that you know who wanted me to be sure and say hello to you, John Wathen. The oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. about the about the third hole, he said, "Hey man, make sure if you talk to Dwayne, give him my best and tell him to stay healthy." So, what a great guy he is. He is. He's he's one of the best. You know, that's that's one of the great things. As you know, we've both been around this game long enough, and you you make these friends and acquaintances, and uh, they turn out to be. Uh, just great people, and he's he's one of the best. He he really is. And talk about a family of uh, of baseball junkies. You know, his two sons, I think, probably combined to have thirty more or more years in the minor leagues. With one of them getting a cup of coffee, and then uh, I think Dusty working his way up to managing in the Phillies organization, and now he's the third base coach for. Uh, I guess for Giardi, I guess I can't remember who all the managers are, but I think Giardi is the manager over there. And yeah. not, not only are the boys, you know, baseball junkies, but his daughter's the alumni director for the Royals, which is really cool. <laughs> and uh, we were hanging out after, after we played golf, socially distancing and having a, 
an adult beverage and somebody came up to John and said, you know, um, I was in, I was running one of the, one of the, um, travel teams, tournament teams, and your daughter was probably the third best player in the entire city in baseball. So I think, I think <laughs> Dina Wathan played baseball till she was probably ready to go to college. So, you know, that's yeah. cool that, uh, that she has stuck with that and that the Royals, uh, organization has been, been good. But, um, I think as I understand it, each team is going to play their own division rivals 10 times. So the Cubs mm -hmm. played 10 games with the Brewers, which, you know, typically now it's 18. So that's not really dividing by three. So they're getting that in. And then you play the other guys, probably four games, those five. So that gets you your 60. Um, I think the I think the Rays are in pretty good shape against the I, I like that pitching rotation against the Yankees and the Red Sox. I don't know what the Blue Jays are going to do. I guess uh, they'll play somewhere, and then uh, hopefully uh, with the other league, you got it. That's a you know the Phillies and the Nets. That's a pretty tough four games against those five teams. Yeah, it's it's uh, well. You know, as they say, that's a schedule. You got to play it. You got to win those games, and and that's how they're going to approach it. Um, but I, I think, again, I, I think because of the pitching they have here with the Rays and and the depth and the versatility, it's pretty good. That's one of the things that really makes it a, a fun team. And it's you know, it's not the the highest profile in this market, but if you if if this team are in one of the truly major markets, and this is I guess the, somewhere around the 10th or 12th largest broadcast market, but you put this in a top five market, uh, people would be marveling about this team because the, uh, obviously, you know, the exposure would be much greater than it is. So uh, there's some, there's some fun elements to this team that really uh, makes it appealing to watch and, and to follow. And so you know, they're going to be interesting. When, when this franchise first started and they were in the American League East, uh, Vince Namoli pushed for them to be in the East. And um, I think what he felt was he'd get bigger gates with the Yankees coming in and the Red Sox, teams like that. And people said, yeah, but it's so tough in that division. And he goes, well, if you're going to win a division, you got to beat the best. Well, you know, that, <laughs> yeah. that, okay, good. But – but, uh, you know, they've gotten to the point now where they, they certainly can compete with, um, with anybody. Oh, they and, can. And they're, I think they're expecting to do that this year and in the years to come. Just think if they had a payroll of $100 million, would they be any better? I mean, I, they that's certainly awesome. make the most out of uh, a pathetic payroll. You know, that's a great topic because I, I think – well, you know how it is in a family household. If if you have if you have a hundred dollars to spend, or if you have fifty dollars to spend, you know you're going to be a little more spendthrift with fifty, and you might be a little more wasteful with that back fifty you have. So, and I think that happens. I, I think because the money's there, sometimes as as much as you try to analyze. If, or would we sign make sign this contract with with a pitcher or a position player or not? They really belabor that here, and I think if if they had a few extra dollars, there might be just human nature not to do that. 
So they, they do their work here. They do their homework here. And that's, that's impressive. Well, it's impressive. And I think the, um, to me, the, I think the average payroll last year was 130, 140 million. And to me, if I were the, if I had a magic wand, I would make sure that every team was within 10% of that uh, average salary so that without doing a lot of math, the everybody would be required to have a payroll of at least 120 million. And it's amazing to me that, that they're not. The second thing that's amazing is, you know, you get it. Cleveland gets it, the Royals get it, the Brewers claim it. Everybody, you know, there's five, ten teams that claim their small market. Mm-hmm. But with the value of these franchises for everybody closing in at a billion, it's hard for me to say, hey, you know, gee whiz, you're in a small market. And I think the other thing is that if you don't want to pay that much, if you want to try to keep operating at 40, 50, 60 million and do what the Royals and other teams do, play for that window of two or three years, and then when that window's gone, you, you revert back to pathetic payrolls, uh, sell the team. You know, there are plenty of guys that will pay the billion dollars and uh, expansion. I, it just, um, I mean, in, on one hand, it's intriguing that the A's and the Rays and some of these other teams can get by with, with a small payroll and, and I don't expect you to be too critical of the race, but uh, you know, I think from a fan standpoint, um, it would be more equitable, but interestingly, would the race or the A's be any better? You know, they make the most out of, I mean, it's kind of intriguing what they do. Mm-hmm. And I, and I don't think that they, they would, I don't think they'd be that much better. I agree. Uh, I think There's just the individual cases where maybe they would sign another piece that would make them better occasionally, but I think that would be the exception rather than the rule. Yeah. So I, I don't think overall, when you look at the total spectrum, that they would that they would necessarily be better. So my my first wish would be that everybody be within ten percent of the average salary, and it would be maybe more equitable. Number two, I would do away with the uh, luxury tax, um, but the players would probably, and I think the, that's going to be a source of, of uh, argument with the uh, next agreement. But the third thing I'd do for Tampa is take a, a, a wrecking ball and get rid of the sombrero and construct uh, a ballpark with a movable, you know, like, like in Milwaukee, I think that would be really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you've been there for a long time and I know you have been fairly complimentary of the, of the stadium, but it just seems to me that, um, everybody ought to have that movable roof. Now that ought to be a prerequisite. Oh, I think every new ballpark should have that. Yeah. Everywhere. Right. And I'm, you know, okay, well, we're going to preserve Wrigley and Fenway as long as we can. Um, but every new ballpark should have the capability of, of opening and closing, if for no other reason than the World Series. I mean, sure. we, we, we play the World Series later and later every year. It's the crown jewel of the industry. 
this is what you play for. This is what you want to expose fans and viewers to. And you play it too often outside in the worst conditions. Right. It's cold. It's not fun for the fans. It's not good for the players. You could argue that it could be potentially harmful to the players in this major investment you have in them. Absolutely. And, and the conditions, the, the game does not lend itself to playing either in the mud, as the Rays and the Phillies did in Philadelphia in 2008, literally the mud right. uh, on, the, on the infield. And they were trying to keep the game going, and TV had a lot to do with that as well. Uh, but even if it's 32 degrees and, you know, the rain and the sleet and all that. So I, I just think that it's a disservice to your product to have your showcase event damaged by, by the, the inclement weather. Well, and so every stadium <laughs> should have that capability. I mean, even, you know, I told Reinsdorf and he didn't think it was such a funny idea, but I said, you saved 300 million on Machado. Why not put in a, you know, a movable stadium roof. And even at Wrigley, I know they can't probably do that given the property, but I mean, you've been there, man. There's nothing worse than April and, and May at Wrigley. I mean, uh, and then I remember yeah. in 97, the game five of the World Series, it snowed in Cleveland. And we're sitting there in a snowstorm. And then the venue moved to, to Miami and it's a hundred degrees. I was like, Oh man, that's yeah. uh, it's, it's tough. And it is hard. I'm sure the players, and as you point out in the mud, they, they, you know, it seems like nowadays they don't stop in the rain. And I mean, you've seen it a lot more than me where it's pouring and then in the middle of the inning, they'll throw that, you know, whatever they call that dry stuff out there. But, mm -hmm. um, boy, oh boy, the conditions and it does lend itself to injuries. Yeah, absolutely. So I would think that, you know, both sides, uh, management and, uh, and from the player's point of view, I mean, you want to protect, you want to protect your investment if you're management and you want to protect, you know, from the union point of view, you, you want to protect the, your workers. Yeah. So, you know, it just makes sense to me. Speaking of protection, are they going to let you broadcast from the ballparks? Are you hearing? It's kind of interesting. Uh, a lot of people, particularly uh, a lot of TV people, are going to do it from a studio off monitors. Uh, the interesting thing about that for us, and then some people are going to do it from the ballparks, what I'm hearing, and we'll know more about that probably early next week when we have our meetings. Um, the interesting thing about that is in Florida, Fox Florida essentially has the sports network here that carries both both teams. They're two separate entities, but under the same umbrella. Right. And so the Marlins have their stuff and the Rays have theirs. Um, they do have a studio in the Fort Lauderdale area. And they are in the process of building one here in Tampa Bay. Uh, the networks, about half the networks have ownership changes and Right. The new owners had a building here that they used to have an affiliate. So they have a building, but they're in the process of building a studio. From what I hear so far, it's not finished. So that might preclude us from doing it from the studio, in which case 
I would think by default, we would wind up going to the ballpark and doing it there from, uh, from the booth, you know, and, and yeah. do the whole social distancing thing. And so we'll find out, I guess, next week what, what they're thinking. But I'm just looking at the logistics because there's no upside as far as I'm concerned going across the state and try to do games and set up, you know, your living quarters somehow in Lauderdale or wherever that would be over there. Uh, well, in my, my, hey, I, because of what we're doing right now, I could do it from, I could do it from my office, from yeah. my home. I mean, that's not impossible. But you don't get the benefit of, the crowd there's no crowd you don't get the benefit of the smell of food cooking of course there's no food cooking you yeah. don't you don't uh, however my offer to you of a couple of months ago still stands and i want to be your valet your driver your bodyguard <laughs> if you get to go to the trop and and broadcast baseball i want to uh i want to uh, be there and uh i got to figure out a way if if fans can't go and i I mean, how do you get the fans – how do you divvy it up when the Cubs have 30,000 season ticket holders? Well, how do you – what do you say? You you can use one seat every other day or it's going to talk about a mess. Yeah. They need – I don't know. Um, I guess they'll figure all these things out and smarter people than, than us will do that. But, I, again, I want to be – I want to be your bodyguard, which wouldn't say much for, for your personal security, but I'd be there for you. The, right. uh, but yeah, I, you, I would feel safe. <laughs> I'm sure you would. <laughs> the, uh, uh, the, the guys on ESPN broadcasting Korean baseball, you know, they seem to do just fine from, from the studio, but man, oh man, I guess in a screwy, year that this is going to be so be it i just think yeah it, w it wouldn't be our choice to do it on a basis but uh, i have done that before uh, you know they've uh, networks have covered the olympics from studio situations like that before so would brian and, anderson be with you or would he be in his own home studio or oh, no i i really think that that uh, i mean we could do it home and home like that that's possible I, that has not been on the on the uh, planning board, so far as I know. Uh, but we would um, we could do it in the studio and be you know six feet apart or whatever we're supposed to be. Or we could we could actually do it at the drop from the booth and be six feet apart and well, do it, which I think is probably all things being equal, what we would prefer to do. Although when the team years ago, when the team went to Japan, Joe McGrain was my partner, and we actually did those. We did those games from a studio. Really? Yeah. Well, and as you've pointed out, the uh, the podcasting capabilities and the uh, the audio uh, is is great when you when you play back uh, our podcast. It's it's um, you know people have told me that the sound quality is great. So. Having said that, if you forego the bodyguard, I would certainly be amenable to the third man in the studio, and I could, I could, I could get a monitor and be here in Wisconsin and just just uh, talk about how great your coverage is with Brian and that you guys, uh, you know, are doing a great job, and and I'm just here for you 
eating a hot dog that I cooked on my grill or something, but uh, boy, that would be oh a very important contribution to the <laughs> I'm I'm available, really, and and uh, non-union. So the uh, what we need is a vaccine, and we need uh, you know 2020. 2021 and we'd need the players not to file a grievance i think if the players file a grievance in all of this as somebody predicted who knows what's going to happen in 2021 in terms of a lockout if uh, the owners say i don't know you know the it's just Again, going back to what we were saying at the beginning, it's like, wait a minute, guys, you're all making money. Let's just get the product out on the field and Absolutely. do like Bud Selig and Fear and get get your problems ironed out. And, uh, you know, in the end, it's who gets – you know, you're fighting over 2%. Right now, the players get 48% of the money. And do they want 50 Do they want – I don't know. I mean, it's just like – it's a goofy deal. I don't know. Uh yeah, I, I, at some point, someone has to step above and beyond Grow up. all of that nonsense and, and recognize the point that you made. They're, they're all making tons of money. So let's just do the right thing. And the reason, one of the reasons this game is so important, it's an escape for people. People don't want that nonsense. Right. They want these people to go, look, you're making a ton of money settle it, get the game on the field, let's cover the game, let's play the game, and let's get through this pandemic we've been in and get as close to a return to normalcy as we can, and everything will be hunky-dory. So let's yeah. do that. Let's do that, and, and let me please buy my $14 beer, which I'm happy to buy, <laughs> and chomp on an $8 hot dog that isn't really very good, but uh, you got to be at the ballpark. I've said it. All along, if if the fans can't go, I don't I don't selfishly want it. But I now I'm getting now I'm getting antsy, and uh, you know I think we're all ready for some baseball. So let's uh, let's get together before before the season kicks off because I want to I want to hear how you're studying up on you know your first game and how you're warming up your tonsils for the appearance because it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be exciting, covered on MLB Network, I know. And uh, I'll try to figure out technologically how I can get the home feed of your Tampa Bay Rays. So I'm, yeah, I'm, how, we can, how we can get that camera in wherever you are, on the lake or in the Midwest or wherever you're going to be, and yeah. uh, be a part of our coverage. And uh, I'm ready to be the third man with you guys. I'd be <laughs> honored. If not, I'm ready to be your bodyguard, which – Kay came in from the grocery store and she's laughing about me being anybody's bodyguard, but, uh, I think it'll be fun. And I think it's, uh, I think it'll be starting. So, uh, I'll give you a call in a couple of weeks and we can do one more podcast before you actually have to go back to work because Sounds I, don't, great. I don't think you could live on what I'm paying you to do these podcasts. So, uh, <laughs> we want you to get back in the, in the income. I've been tradition. living on it so far. So but there you go. All right, man. Well, stay healthy. You're great to do it. I, I'm looking forward to uh, taking a, a, in a lunch in Chicago when you can travel and uh, or Kansas City. Okay. So, uh, let's do this again in a couple of weeks, and maybe we'll have uh, spring training games to talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great to see you. All right, buddy. Good to Enjoy see you. Enjoy the life. Best to Carla and uh, her, her horse training. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. Perfect. All right, buddy. All right, man. All right. Later. Take care. Okay. So bye, bye.